Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Dan Carson. I'm the Director of Student Ministry Matters. I'm thrilled that you've chosen to download and listen as we continue the conversation about student ministry. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking with Sam Burig about his new book, No Neutral Words. But before we do that, let me tell you about our podcast partner, Central Baptist College of Conway. Central Baptist College is engaging, inspiring, and challenging. It's a place where students can gain a knowledge of whatever vocation they're looking into, as well as receive a Christ-centered education. Now, if you have a student that is in that age bracket that's looking and thinking ahead at college, have them reach out to Central Baptist College at cbc.edu. Now, you may be looking to finish up a degree yourself. They have a PACE program that is aimed at you. And so check them out at cbc.edu. Again, as I mentioned, I'm sharing a conversation with Sam Burig. Sam serves as the Vice President of Undergraduate Studies. He's the Dean of Spurgeon College and the Assistant Professor of Biblical Studies at Spurgeon College in Kansas City, Missouri. He's currently pursuing his Ph.D. in Biblical Theology at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. He holds degrees from Southern Seminary and Washita Baptist University. In addition to having nine years of pastoral ministry experience, Sam is married to his wife, Mallory, and they have three children, Abby, Levi, and Owen. His most recent book, No Neutral Words, explores the eternal investment of words in pastoral ministry. So I thought it'd be great to have Sam back on our podcast and talk about this new book he has out. Let's listen together. Well, Sam, thanks for being on the podcast with us. Yeah, well, thank you. Thanks for uh, having me on. We love Student Ministry Matters and just so thankful to be on here and, and for the longstanding relationship that that we've had with you guys and, and have been on here before. So really excited to be back. We can't wait. Uh, we're looking forward to this fall at Central Baptist College. I'm going to have Sam and Dr. Jared Bumpers come and share with us. They're going to be speaking in our main sessions and then Hopefully, Dr. Bumpers is going to be sharing with our preachers during one of our breakout groups. We're, we're excited about all of that. But it, as Sam mentioned, it's been a longstanding relationship. He was a speaker at our 2019 Student Ministry Workers Retreat, the second one ever. But we had connected the year before that as we had some, some changes in speakers, and he really helped us out during that time. So, you know, I've just loved the opportunity to be here to talk with Sam and to talk about his new book. Now, it's been a couple of years since some of our listeners have had a chance to hear from you. Uh, what's been going on in your life and ministry? Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for the question. Um, I'm also, as you as you started talking, I'm, I'm reminded of our, our chance to uh, eat Jordanian food whenever oh, you were that was great. It was. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm dean of the college here and serve as vice president on the cabinet team. And so that's kind of the executive for, uh, that's our system, but it's just the executive team here. And, um, 
So a lot of my uh, time and, and ministry and those sorts of things is taken up there. I'm, I'm a member of Liberty Baptist Church and have served off and on as, as an elder there. Yeah, that's what's happening there. Uh, I teach biblical theology and, and hermeneutics largely and, and uh, from time to time. And in the future, we'll delve a little more into systematics and that sort of thing. As far as on the home front, uh, Mallory and I have three children currently uh, here. Um, and uh, so they're doing well. We've got a two-year-old, uh, a four-year-old, two boys, and then our oldest is seven, and her name's Abby. And then we have um, uh, another one on the way. And so uh, our, our fourth is on the way. So that's what's going on with us. That's exciting. I love hearing that. I remember at our 2019 retreat, um, you had come down and you were expecting that third child. And it's just hard to imagine. The last few years have been yeah. difficult, to say the least. And thinking, has it really been that long? As we look, it's been two and a half years. Yep, that's right. Yeah, and those are a long two years with COVID and stuff. So. It has been. Yeah. I know that um, serving there at, at Spurgeon College, you guys have had to navigate all sorts of things because of the pandemic. Um, have a lot of those things lessened in recent days? Yeah, I, I by God's grace, I think we are as it's you know we're on the maximal side of of normalcy um, whenever it comes <laughs> to uh, these sorts of things, and so our classes and. Those, uh, I mean, you will find someone, I mean, I guess everyone can reference these in different ways, but you'll find someone with a mask on here or there, that sort of thing. But outside of that, everyone is, is pretty well back to, to usual, just probably washing their hands a little more than they used to. But that's about, <laughs> that's about it. So. Well, I just remember my first doctoral seminar. I come in and we all had to wear a mask the entire year. Yeah. And I yep. thought, oh, no, that's horrible. Uh, but now the, the last one that I had, which was my last it was a dissertation seminar that was a thing of the past. And so I'm thankful for that. Me too. This side of normal. That's, that's a great way to think of it. So, well, we're big fans of your first book, fulfill your student ministry. I know that you're listed as the editor there. You're also an author as writing pieces of that. And I assume you probably laid out the framework and I was so excited to hear that you were releasing a new book, especially impressed because I know that you're in the middle of your PhD studies. Yeah. What prompted you to go back to the writer's desk in the midst of writing papers and uh, working on your dissertation? Yeah, well, I appreciate the question. Um, uh, I'll answer it maybe in two ways. Uh, the The impetus is this is just a huge problem and something that people don't think about very closely um, of, of just their how they use their words for life or death, um, but that there's this sense of no, no neutral words that me or you have ever spoken. So even this conversation, uh, when we were chatting before, like these are not neutral things. I mean, we're investing in each other, either life or death, and we're encouraging various um, aspects of either the flesh or the spirit in Galatians mm -hmm. 5, this sort of idea. And so that was the the impulses behind it and the, and the aim. Um, as far as what drew me to it, um, is uh, and and it's maybe not as quite as clean as what you what you laid out, um, but uh, I had kind of been burdened by it for some years, and I had preached on it off and on, and worked through those passages, and really been thinking about it for the better part of probably seven or eight years of, of just like this is something that needs to be said. I have a burden for it, and and I was just trying to um, work my way through the crucible of the understanding of, of what, what even was going on with this issue in our culture at this time for the better part of seven or eight years, I suppose. And so preached a good bit on it, wrote blogs on it, 
and and then eventually try to lay it down in, in a book format. So let's let's kind of take a step back. Your book is is entitled No Neutral Words. Give our listeners just a, a kind of a little synopsis of that problem that you're trying to address. Yeah, I think it becomes most clear, and this is what I do at the front, is I try to uh, prop up the idea, the thesis, if you will, by saying um, we're very used to talking in terms of like a, a financial budget, whether that's our home budget or a, a church's budget or something like this. And you think, I have this many dollars and it's and, and I'm going to allocate that to certain things. This goes to missions, this goes to pastoral staff or what have you. That's all really typical for us. We can extend it a little further and most people were pretty comfortable understanding like a time budget or something like this. You have 24 hours in a day and that's the time you have to spend towards advancing and, and living inside God's kingdom, you know, from the home front of your local church, these sorts of things. And so but what I was trying to do is say that it's really the same with the way that you use your words. And so some of us talk more than others, but in general, um, the Lord has allotted all of our days. And if he's allotted all of our days, then our words on this planet anyway, will one, one day cease. And so it, I worked backwards from that idea. And so if I am using my words either sinfully or um, righteously, then I'm investing um, kind of, uh, in a bank account of one or the other in every person that I'm around. So Mallory is going to receive more of my, this is my wife, uh, more of my words than anyone else, staff that I work with, church members more, you know, but all along the way, even in our relationship, like you, I'm going to invest some of my words in you and I will give an account for that and you for me. Um, and so that's, uh, that's the, the burden of the, of the book and, and just, Basically, how can we give a good account at the end for that? And uniquely as pastors is the burden of the book. Well, I love that concept of a, a word budget. I, I never really thought about it, to be honest. You know, you think about, well, I have this amount of time, 70 years, let's say, or 80 years or however many. I, I think very pointedly because I had a grandfather who passed away at the age of 62 when he had during his birthday month. And my father passed away when he was 61, about to turn 62. So I start counting down the backwards from 62 thinking, okay, that's all I got left. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things. Um, but looking at this idea of words, uh, man, especially as leaders, um, that's a very powerful idea and concept that we work with. So who did you write this book for? Who's the intended audience? Yeah, so uh, the the backstory on that, I'm very thankful to Rainer Publishing, you know, for their willingness to yeah take a shot on the book um, and take a shot on me. I originally pitched it to them as a basically what we would call a Christian living book, where I just I wanted to talk to the church member in the pew and and address this issue for them. And so it wasn't as though it was less than pastors, but but uh, that was that was what I was thinking. They, they said, we want to we wanna give you the contract to do it, but we want you to aim it at ministry leaders. And so mm. I worked with that idea for a while. Um, and it was actually oddly um, uh, harder than I kind of thought, because I was trying to think my way through, like, this is a worship pastor, this is a youth pastor, this is a women's minister, this is a senior pastor, this is an elder. You know, right, I, was like, right. I can't figure out exactly where to, where to aim this bazooka at to, to fire it. <laughs> and so, um, so I came back to him again and, and, uh, and said, could, could I just aim this directly at pastors. Is that possible? And, um, and they said, yes. And so once that piece kind of fell in place, then I, I, uh, went to work 
from that angle. And um, so I'm, I'm at times often actually speaking to the pastors about their church members. Um, and then at other times I'm speaking to them about their home. Um, I'm speaking to them about how you can lead your church in, in becoming more, uh, more capable and more godly, you know, in these areas. And so anyway, so yeah, that's, that's the general audience's first church uh, pastors. But um, I, I, you know, at the risk of sounding, I, I don't know, I don't know the risk of what I'd sound like, but I, <laughs> I really would want anyone to read the book because it, it, it doesn't, I'm trying to reach to everybody and it's, it's just angled at pastors, but the principles are, and the biblical passages obviously apply um, to everyone as a, as a Christian. And so they will quickly be able to, you know, find their way to like, this applies to me very directly. It's not just pastors. What, what it does to angle it to pastors is it really, it, as you said a little earlier, it amplifies the requirement, essentially the expectation mm-hmm. of, yeah. you know, if the same as if you say something to your son versus the neighbor saying something to your son, well, those are very different things because you're his father. Right. And right. so um, right. it, it's the same kind of concept. If a pastor says something that's unkind to a church member and another church member says something unkind, well, those are, those are different things. And so, that's really the angle of the book is it amplifies the pastoral role and, and their um, uh, stewardship in this investment and this budget, but it doesn't, uh, it doesn't negate the, the uh, regular church member. Well, as I read through it, that was, I mean, you hit your intended audience. Of course, I'm a pastor and I work with people, but uh, I kept thinking, okay, this is, this is great for anybody who's in Christian leadership. Uh, it's just a powerful word, um, not to be punny or anything, sure. uh, but just to understand that, okay, our words matter. They are impactful. They make a huge difference and we only have so many to share. Um, just, uh, just a great word, um, as we, as you look through it. So I understand that this is a, an important concept and you read the book, you understand that as well. And so why do you, why does that hit you? Why does that resonate with you enough to, to motivate you to write this book? Why is uh, it an important factor to, to, to look into? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the biggest thing is this is, this is literally how we are known, right? And so mm. you don't know my mind. I don't know yours unless there's a form of communication between the two of us. And so, I mean, you could think of it as the tires on a car or something like that. So you, you could, I mean, this is where all the action happens. So you can have the most horsepower in your head. You can be an incredible pastor in your head, but it's actually got to go through your mouth. Like you have to work your way through or through your fingers as you're typing um, an email to someone. And so uh, the idea is I, I want um, pastors, leaders to be, as efficient and godly and righteous in the way that they handle their words and their communication to their church members, their family, these sorts of things as, as, uh, as possible, this side of, um, resurrection life. And so that's, that's the, it it is a massively important thing. And so you can, you have a lot of folks who maybe tank their ministry based on, um, uh, you know, misallocation of funds and misuse of funds or something like that. We've all heard those uh, stories or sexual immorality or something like that, but this is the the um, day in day out kind of stuff that uh, is is so necessary, but we often don't stop to check it. You know, uh, how's the tread on the tires kind of thing? It's like, well, I didn't yeah. really think about that that much this morning, but this is 
this is how everyone experiences me. So if I'm, you know, constantly raising my voice uh, at people and, and I'm actually excited about something, but they take that to be almost anger. Well, I would really love for someone to, to help me think my way through that. But um, if I don't think about it very much, um, I mean, we're talking about tone there, obviously, uh, uh, then, then I'm just, I'm being ineffective, you know, as a pastor. And there's, there's almost glory lost, if you will, if I'm not, um, if I'm not developing that and I'm not being conscientious of that. So I think that answers the question, but that, that's, that was, that was the idea behind why it's so important for, for leaders to, to reconsider this and may likely consider it for the first time. So, well, you touched on something that I think really kind of leans into who we are as a podcast and who we uh, minister to uh, for the full-time, part-time bivocational and volunteer student ministry worker. It, it's that idea that it's not just what you say, but it's even how you say it. And so words become incredibly important. Um, toward the beginning of the book, you shared this great quote, and I wanted to to read it for our listeners it says, what is a word exactly? Well, words are sticky. Words have a way of Velcroing to the crags of our heart and staying with us as permanent fixtures and conversation partners. In this way, words work like a song burned onto an MP3 or CD seared into the material of our memories. And I think, I think about words of encouragement, words of hope, and sometimes words of, of pain, that have been shared with me, especially during those student ministry years when I was that age and how they impacted me. So uh, what is, what do these concepts look like on a positive and negative sides as we deal with students? In essence, what that, that quote is trying to get at the core of, of where this book is going. Um, so I appreciate you, you picking up that one. It is not optional for you or I to to just kind of excise out of someone's memory things that I've said to them. You know, they memory does fade. But for me, um, just like in a movie or in a book that you read, you, you remember some quotes or you remember some portions of that movie better than others. Well, the Lord, I think, has set up the universe in such a way that, you know, when a parent says something to a child or a pastor to a member, a uh, youth pastor to a, to a student in that ministry, those have ways of sticking with them, and some things will more than others. But if you decide to be sarcastic or slanderous towards someone else, that's going to stick out, and the, and it does stick to them like Velcro, and they're going to carry that with them. And it, it's not something that you can pull back out of the universe, right? Uh, much less their memory, right? So um, that's where that's going with that negative sense. I mean, we want to be very good stewards and very wise about what we say. Um, and I, I mean, I, I think, you know, this Dan, but like, I love a good joke. I love to be, I'm yeah. playful. Um, and that's some of the reason why I wanted to write the book is because I just so was wrestling with, well, who am I? And what does that mean? How does that collide with Galatians five or Colossians three, where I'm thinking my way through, are these words kind, are they loving, are they upbuilding to someone upbuilding to the church in particularly, or are they sowing death? You know, uh, the, the, uh, Proverbs 18, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And that's really this idea of there's, there's no neutral word. And so, yeah, I look at my children. I'm just some examples here. I look at my children and I so try to say to them very specific things multiple times 
because it's going to stick in their memory. And I think I have a better shot at that. And they're not, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't remember real well what was going on prior to me being five, but we're being <laughs> super like, those are the most important shaping times in our entire right, lives. Right. And so there's things I can remember for being eight. There's things that my dad taught. I remember uh, being taught about, you know, finishing the job whenever I was mowing the lawn and that I skipped some corners and this sort of thing. And it's like, those stick out to me. And so this same principle is that um, we're going to be shaping people for life or death. And, uh, and that's, that's always in play. Um, so yeah, I, on the positive side, I, I use more negative, I suppose, but on the positive side, just um, speaking kind words, I can think of multiple people in my life. Uh, Mallory, the other day, um, this is my wife. She, she, she complimented me and it clearly came from, she didn't, uh, contrive that or anything. It was just, it was a genuine comment to me about some things that she felt that I was gifted towards and that sort of thing. And I, and I just looked at her and I said, that is like one of the kindest things you've ever said to me. Like, that's really helpful to me. That's very, it, it allowed me to see myself in a way that if she had not said that I, I wouldn't have. Right. And so sometimes we tend to hold back and, and we're prideful or sinful and we don't want to compliment people. We don't want to affirm them. We don't want to encourage them. And that's sinful too, right? So um, I, I am intentional, always trying to extend as much as I can, just how much I enjoy people, how much you know they've been an encouragement to me. Whereas I could just leave that alone and not say that, but, but I want to invest life in them and, and they ought to, I want people to walk away from a conversation with me, not saying that I do this perfectly or successfully. Yeah, definitely not perfectly. Uh, but just in the sense of, I want them to go, man, I enjoy that. I feel like I'm more ready to tackle life than when I started that conversation. Um, and so, uh, yeah, just trying to bring the word of God to bear and say true things to them because I do know that it's sticky and it's going to, um, it's going to be like Velcro and they're going to remember portions of, of that. And they're, they're really wrestling with wrestling, probably not the right way of saying it, but they are coming away with a sense a way about me. Um, and that's impossible to get out of. So let's steward it. Well, I remember back in, well, it's been a little over a decade ago when I was working with a, a group and we were out serving with the, the students. We were out raking leaves. And one of the, the girls was just doing her part. She's one that I could, you know, you could laugh with, you could joke with and that sure. sort of thing. But she was standing in a trash bag trying to smash leaves down. Well, so I jokingly called her trashy because oh, no. she was in a yeah. trash bag. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> However, um, she has not forgotten that. And she, she, we kid about it now and, and she was kidding about it then. I mean, we all laughed, but it's still, it's those type of words that stick. I mean, this has been over a decade ago Yes, and she remembers that. And so all it takes, it it can be a negative word that is said in jest that can impact a student for, for years and years to come. Yeah. And I think even that example, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm, I have somewhat recently released this book on this, but that example is such a good example of it's not even always our motive or our intent, which I know we will probably talk about that, but we have to think even further than that of how are people likely to receive what we say you know, based on our relationship to them or the context in which we're working through, 
what are they themselves uniquely like. So it does assume things. You can't, you can't just, it, when you meet someone brand new, you're not going to have any of that back history. But the closer you are to people, the more love is going to look like you serving them in a way with your words that is acknowledging, you know, who they, who they are and how they'll likely receive that. And so what you said was very benign. It wasn't intentional, you know, to, to, it was in fact, probably, uh, uh, trying to connect as much as possible. It was, yes. Kind. But there's also this side of like, we want to be thoughtful about how people might would receive it. And so, well, on a more positive, <laughs> I mean, sure. again, it was, it, it, this this girl is and her her husband they were they grew up in my youth group and they got married and and so now he's serving as a youth pastor and it's it's a cool oh, thing awesome. to watch and and we connect yes, with yes. at times but um great Praise I had on a more positive note I had a a pastor friend of mine we were talking on the phone the other night and he just shared a word of encouragement and appreciation for some work that I had done. And it wasn't solicited, but in that moment, it was so life-giving to me. Yes. And it was yeah, so that's powerful. It. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's the, you just bottled it up. So the life-giving <laughs> scent of, yeah. uh, that's, that's the deal is you want to show up for people that way. And if you're really self-focused, then it's not going to do that. Uh, Socrates speaks of the importance of words when he invites us to answer the questions. Is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? Now, Paige 81, you give us some uh, great questions for us to ask, and I just, I'll read them for our listeners. Number one, is my conscience bothered by what I'm about to say or just said? Number two, what is my ultimate motive behind what I'm about to say or just said? And what is the context in which I'm about to say or just said this or that thing? Yeah. And so where do you draw these three questions from? Yeah, thanks. Um, so this is the crux of the crux, uh, in, in this idea. So yeah, I was really wrestling with how, how do you, um, how do you know when you've shifted into, I, I'm slandering someone like, how, how do you know that? Um, how do you know when you're gossiping? How do you know when you are speaking words of death instead of life? And so these are not perfect questions. Uh, they're just meant to try to x-ray a little bit like what, how do you know if you've shifted into that gear of sin mm, or are yeah, you remaining yeah. more on the side of investing life? And so the context, I'll kind of go at them a little backwards. The context idea is if I'm speaking, if I am a pastor and I'm speaking to a pastor in my church about a, a member in their particular sin, well, that's not slander. Uh, you, y'all's aim is going to be to try to build that person up unless it isn't. Right. So that's the second one. If the motive is just like, I'm just like, I can't stand that gal or, or this person and I'm going to run them down. Well, then you know that it's sinful. Your aim was to it wasn't to bring life to them ultimately and to get a better assessment of them. But rather, it's to run them down. So you're looking at your your motive. You're looking at your context. If you're talking to another church member and you are a pastor about another person, well, that's a different context. So it's your you ought to question and, and be a little more um, circumspect about whether you should or shouldn't say this particular thing. If, uh, if you and your wife are, are speaking about your son, um, and, or me and my wife are speaking about your son, those are very different things, because y'all are responsible towards your, you know, your children in a different way than I am. So I'm more likely to be on um, 
shaky ground if it's me and my wife talking about your son. And so I can sense that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm saying particularly if we're, if we're talking about how much we care for him and like him, well, th- that's obviously, you know, great. But in another sense, if we're going, yeah, I mean, he's just, you know, not doing good and this and this. And, 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 the, and the point is not to come back to you or to him. But the point is just, no, I mean, this is what Proverbs talks about. We love, uh, they're like morsels that go down into the soul. We just love to hear a secret. We love to hear those sorts of things. And that's, that's yeah. a fleshly impulse. Um, and so that's one of the, you're just looking at these things. And then also your conscience. Um, so your conscience is something that's informed by the scriptures. And so if that's the case, then you want to be looking at what is my conscience? You know, I mean, do I feel good about what I just said? So it's a regular, and I hope it is for everyone, but I, I would just can seek to encourage everyone to do this. It's a regular occurrence that I double back with people all the time and just say, hey, I, I, I maybe, maybe you heard me saying this. I don't know. I, I use it as an invitation to maybe they didn't see it that way. But it, I mm. want to clear the deck at least and just right. say, I recognize I said that and that may or may not have been helpful. If it wasn't, I apologize. And I try to stop short of like, well, this is why I said that. You know, I'm, I'm trying to just <laughs> open up and I'm not I don't want to defend myself, but just regularly confess that sin, you know, back to them or confess a, a carelessness in, you know, uh, the example you gave a little earlier would be great. Like your intent, your motive, your context. All of those things were fine, but um, she may have misread it and your intent was not ill. So you don't have anything to confess there. You're just saying, hey, I just want to, I noticed you kind of got hung up on that for a second or something, which sounds like in this case y'all did, but I'm just giving an example of um, how you want to constantly be a person who's responding to people and trying to be circumspect about how you use your words. And these three questions and, and really just motive, conscience, and context, they help you see whether you are or are not shifting into this gear pretty often of just bringing death into people's life with your words instead of life. You know, over the last few years, especially uh, during these pandemic days, as we have all kind of migrated to online activity, yes, uh, social media has kind of exploded in yeah. certain ways and not 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 good <laughs> for yeah, a lot of yes. it. Yeah. Um, you mentioned social media in the book and how our words have impact there. What should that look like for the youth pastor? Yeah, I mean, obviously, students are on so many platforms right. um, constantly, and so I would, I would, when you're talking about words, I mean, that's going to apply to TikTok and Twitter and and everything, you know. So it's not a, um, it's 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 a more, not a less kind of a scenario. And so the, the, the quick takeaway and, and way I would try to right size this for anyone listening is your words are going to go further and faster, have bigger impact, stay longer than ever before when we're talking about social media. And so um, people need to acknowledge that youth pastors need to understand that they need to. It almost sounds goofy, but you need to be regularly addressing social media as a huge part of the application of God's word in your youth ministry. Um, I mean, this is just like, if you, it's like, well, obviously there's going to be a problem in every youth ministry as far as pornography goes, right? You don't even have to really question that. You just should assume that young men, young ladies are struggling with this. Well, similarly, they're going to be very tempted and likely are often sinning um, by 
speaking unkindly, doing things that are fleshly with their words. They're investing their words, their social media into, into death and not life. And so because they are either young Christians or unbelievers. And so you're, you're just going to need to address that pretty constantly. That assumes that you yourself are using social media in, in a uh, godly and good way. Uh, one of the things that I say, it's not directly at youth pastors, but just pastors in general, is I, I think it's wise to post much less than you probably do. Uh, so just <laughs> decrease your words in general and then use it for either, uh, is, uh, no, no pun here, but like as neutrally as possible, like cat videos, like that's kind of fine. Like it's not going to hurt anybody. <laughs> but if you're, if you're constantly commenting on politics, like just stop. It's not that you don't have something to say, but why is that the place to do it? Right. Um, it's not, it's just, you're, you're shoving it into the void and you're only hurting, you know, your witness in many ways. And so politics would just be one example, but it's just in, in general, like railing on this or railing on that. So I tend to, yeah, I, I'm trying to imagine with social media, is there someone somewhere who is going to wince when they see this? Mm. If so, then I don't need to post it. Not because it's impossible that you ever have a hard word for someone. It's just this medium nullifies its ability to, to actually pull that off. Um, you just have, you know, you just come off as a keyboard cowboy you know, or a Twitter pastor is what I say in the book of just that it, it <laughs> you, you know, you don't have to pastor Twitter. It doesn't, that is not, that's not how God set up the church. And so, um, anyway, so that's, that's just a quick word on that. You, you really need to be thoughtful about how you help people perceive this because it's a huge aspect of people's lives now, um, that I hope will just constantly shrink. But at the same time, it is a big part of their life. It's how they receive a lot of their information on a day-to-day -day basis. And so uh, pastors have to be speaking to that. They cannot ignore it. You know, there is a temptation by many in ministry to try to develop a platform. And so people lean into harsh words or yeah. standing against this or that. What would you say to those guys? Uh, it will not go well for you on Judgment Day. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, truly, yeah. it's, it's yeah. like if you're building this kingdom here, then you're not building the Lord's kingdom. And so he, I mean, over and over and over again in scripture, he talks about humility as the way, like that's just, that's just how it works in God's kingdom. And he's saying, who, who's going to receive real life? It's those who serve. Like you, if you want to have life, then it's a race to the bottom. The most, per, the person with, you know, the most cachet in the kingdom of God is going to be the one who gives up their life and they serve yeah. people. And so, um, yeah, are you the person that is doing the dishes for your wife when no one is watching, no one cares, like, and you keep that up consistently? Are you the person who speaks kind words to other people when no one is watching and no one is there? Are you the one who texts someone and encourages them to read this passage of scripture, even though uh, no one's watching? It's not going to get likes on, on, on a platform somewhere, but that's what Christianity is. That's what pastoral ministry is. That's what student ministry is, you know is actually doing that work and you're you're wanting to hear well done good and faithful servant from the lord the lord of the universe not uh from some person over in another state you know and and it always just kind of shocks me how yeah how willing we are to to be edgy or, or worse you know and say things that just get responses um, and I just, I find social media to be almost not effective at all as far as like moving the needle. It's, it's almost immediately divisive 
And so if, right. it, it, if it can trend that way, it will. And so to me, if it's not um, just kind of neutral content or reposting something like, hey, this was a great blog, then the, the, the motives often are going to be a little bit off. And it is a context, right? So you just have to assume like that not everyone's going to hear you. They're almost predisposed to hear you negatively. Um, right. And so... Well, Sam, I really appreciate this conversation today as we've talked about your new book, No Neutral Words. At the end of every chapter, you share a section called Tips for Your Talk. I think the first chapter goes into tips for your your pastor's talk. Uh, But what would you say to the student pastor? Do you have any tips for student pastor's talk? I can tell you a temptation for me and was then uh, I've not, I've been not been a youth pastor for, for a couple of years now, but I still do a lot in youth ministry. The temptation is uh, to try to use your words to gain a level of respect and influence with students really quickly. Um, so it's tempting to drift into with your words to drift into their own particular sin patterns, which are going to be things like sarcasm so the Bible doesn't name sarcasm, as best I can tell, maybe in your translation or something. But it's more of just, that's not building people up. So it, it, it could, with some people, be kind of neutral. I've thought a lot about this, but it could, with some people, feel or seem neutral, but it's not life-giving. I, I, I'm, I feel certain about that. And so sarcasm and just kind of a tendency to tear people down the whole elements of you know bullying or those sorts of things, like whatever's downstream from that is going to be a temptation for every student that you have. And so that's then going to be a temptation for you to gain some clout with them or whatever is to get into their jargon and to, mm-hmm. to speak on their level, so, so to speak. Um, and I would just, I would just warn you, any youth pastor out there, like be, be reluctant to do that. What it, it, the, the same as, um, Parents are not called to to be best buddies, you know, with their kids. It doesn't mean that there's not a friendship element to it, but they are called to a different thing in their life. And so assume that position and and go, I'm not going to join students in their folly of how they use their words, but I'm rather going to set an example for them, you know, like Timothy, and I'm going to try to give them as much um, example and uh model for them what it looks like to speak life and not death into people's lives, whether that's on social media or just in conversation, the jokes that are shared, the, the discussions that are had is, is I, I'm always trying to angle people over towards more of a kingdom mindset, more of a life giving mindset that, that is biblically grounded. And so I'm trying to change the tone and conversation no matter what in, in a direction that is uh, Galatians 5 it is Colossians 3. It's acknowledging what Jesus says in, in Matthew 12, where he says, you know, every word that you speak will be brought up on judgment day. He has an impeccable memory, and we know that, and he's, none of those things are lost. And so I take that really serious that I'm going to give an account for that. And there's like this cookie crumb trail of how I used my words. And so I'm going to do that with students and student pastors need to do that themselves, but then they also need to pastor them out of that. I mean, what an amazing uh, testimony in a local school or private school or, or wherever is that, man, those Christians, they're at that youth group. They're noted to be just kind to one another, like just basic like kindness that yeah. they don't just yeah. throw sarcasm at each other or 
it's this constant state of, um, you know, it, it's no big deal, but like we kind of comment on each other's clothes all the time, or it's no big deal, but we comment on each other's facial features or body features. It's just like, that's, that is not what matters in the kingdom of God. And so let's focus on the things that are, you know, about godliness and, and speak to those things. And the youth pastor is going to lead the way in that. One of the things that you just shared made me think about John 13, 34 and 35, this idea that when we love one another, the world knows that we're his disciples. That's right. Man, a youth group that really loves one another, that's different. (laughs) (laughs) That are kind to one another with their words, that's unusual. And so they see Jesus very visibly in those moments. Well, again, Sam, thank you so much for being on the podcast. As we wrap up today, if someone wants to find out more about Spurgeon College or about either one of your books and want to reach out to you, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, um, on the books, uh, you can just go to Amazon and, and get them. Um, so just type my name in, Sam Beerig, and, and, and go to, to Amazon, and you'd be able to find those there and would be happy to have someone grab those. As far as the school goes, uh, it's SpurgeonCollege.com. And um, yeah, would love to know and hear about anyone who um, knew someone who wanted to uh, get a ministry degree and, and wants to, you know, maybe go to the mission field with Fusion. Um, we work with the International Mission Board there and we try to put people on the field within nine months of them getting here um, and going to the least, the last and the lost. And um, we have athletic programs here and these sorts of things. So we are, um, yeah, we're trying to train people to be expert in souls and scripture. That's what we do here is just like, these are the two eternal realities that we all will give an account for. And so we're trying to create people who are gifted and skilled in these two areas and expand and magnify that by God's grace. Um, And so that comes from a lot of different vantage points. We have a communications degree, business degree, but, but our our uh, bread and butter is always, uh, you know, Bible and theology. Listeners, um, we are going to be giving away a copy of No Neutral Words, awesome. and it will center around the time of um, this release. So about two weeks after is when the deadline will be, but you'll be finding that on Instagram, maybe Twitter, as well as Facebook. So just check out our social media feeds um, for information about how you can win a copy of that. We'd love to get that into your hands. We're excited about that. Sam has offered to to provide that book, and it's a good one. Um, it's a shorter read. It's very logical and orderly read, and it's something that was easy for me to 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 embrace. And I, I think that you'll get a lot out of the book. Uh, but again, we're so thankful that Sam has had the opportunity to be with us today. Um, Sam, I look forward to the next time that we can come up. Uh, to Kansas City and maybe eat some barbecue or some Jordanian food. That was fantastic. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, I look forward to it as well. Uh, listeners, again, thank you for for downloading, um, joining us for the conversation about student ministry. We look forward to continuing that. So we encourage you to share and like um, these podcasts as we try to connect student ministry workers as they seek to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Well, we'll keep doing all these things because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.